Pastor Henry Harder and the Renewal Singers, I welcome you to What's New. My name is Ed Peters. We move on today to verses 42 through 51 of Matthew chapter 24, which brings us to the close of this chapter. Jesus begins these verses with a word of warning for those living just prior to his return, and they are to watch. It has a little different meaning from the watching that the child of God does now in waiting for the rapture. Today, we have a comforting hope. In that future day, it will be watching with fear and anxiety. Today, we are to wait and long for his coming. In that future day, they will be watching with anxiety for his return. Now, in the closing verses of this chapter and in the remainder of the Olivet Discourse, Jesus gives a number of parables to illustrate the attitude of the people to his coming. Here now are verses 42-51, to and Matthew writes, So be prepared, for you don't know what day your Lord is coming. Just as a man can prevent trouble from thieves by keeping watch for them, so you can avoid trouble by always being ready for my unannounced return. Are you a wise and faithful servant of the Lord? Have I given you the task of managing my household to feed my children day by day? Blessings on you if I return and find you faithfully doing your work. I will put such faithful ones in charge of everything I own. But if you are evil and say to yourself, My Lord won't be coming for a while, and begin oppressing your fellow servants, partying, and getting drunk, your Lord will arrive unannounced and unexpected and severely whip you and send you off to the judgment of the hypocrites, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth.
here with our study is Pastor Henry Horder. It is always incumbent upon God's people in any age to be alert. Paul wrote to Christian believers who were in a time period called the Day of the Lord to be alert, 1 Thessalonians 5, 6. That's a period of time that begins after the church has been removed in the rapture. Paul explained to his readers that for the believers of this present age, the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and left will be caught up with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be forever with the Lord. We are to encourage each other with the prospect of that event. But when Paul moves to chapter 5, the scene changes. The day of the Lord has begun. The rapture of the church is past. The tribulation has started. Now it is crucial that those who have accepted the Lord now need to be alert. Those of you who are using these cassettes to study the scriptures ought to read those words of Paul from 2 Thessalonians 5 in connection with these words of Jesus in Matthew 24, 36-51. Like Paul, Jesus said, Therefore keep watch, because you do not know in what day or hour the Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. To keep watch does not mean to just passively sit around and wait. It involves duties and responsibilities to be discharged, although Jesus doesn't mention specifics here. Jesus again emphasizes the fact that the coming of Christ in judgment will occur when the run-of-the-mill people least expect it. They do not expect God to step in and arrest the wicked. But true believers will have an advantage. They will at least have a general idea of the time of the Lord's return. There will be signs. Jesus illustrates his point by noting that the owner of a house would watch if he knew when the thief would come in what watch of the night. Since he doesn't know the exact time, he needs to watch. So those believers who will have some indications that history is about to close ought to be alert and ready. If a homeowner knows the approximate time when the thief will break and enter, then he can prepare for it. So the believers near the end of this time of Jacob's trouble. Now Jesus presents another illustration, that of a master and servants. The master of the house appointed a steward over his household and his possessions. The steward did a good job. He faithfully executed his duties. And when the master returns, the steward would be amply rewarded. But suppose that steward is wicked and says to himself, My master is staying away a long time and he begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. The master of that servant will come one day when he does not expect him, and at an hour he is not aware of. 
He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's Matthew 24, 45 to 51. Clearly, in the illustration, the master represents the Lord himself. He left his church to his servants. I take it that every honest believer in the Lord is a true servant. The faithful servant will receive great reward at the master's return. But there are also professing servants who are followers of the Lord in name only. They are nominal believers. For one reason or another, they choose to identify with the Lord at least verbally. However, their life indicates that they are hypocrites. Their profession is only profession and nothing more. If this is the time of tribulation before the Lord's return, then the true servants expect their master, but the false servants don't. They are like the people in Noah's day. They don't expect the master to return for a long time. That's what they say. My master is staying away a long time. They do not read the signs. And that's Jesus' point here. These professed servants are insensitive to the signs of the times, like Noah's generation. They see what is happening. They experience what Jesus was talking about in this chapter, but they don't form the right conclusion. Instead of arriving at the conclusion that the Lord will return soon, they say, no, he won't return for a long time. Evidently, these unfaithful, professed servants believe they can sin and sin more and more and that they can get by with it. They put off listening to the Master and receiving the Lord. They procrastinate since they believe they have a long time before the Lord comes. But procrastination is the thief of time. Suddenly, when they least expect him, the Master returns, and any hope of repairing the damage is gone forever. The tragedy is that their procrastination robbed them of their place in the presence of the Lord forever. The judgment that came upon them was eternal. It was eternal separation and eternal suffering. Perhaps included in the suffering of hell will be the memory of what might have been. That may not sound too serious, but if we really knew what heaven and being with the Lord would be like, then eternal separation from him would be intense suffering. To know what we missed, to know what might have been. Well, that's how this 24th chapter of Matthew ends. Clearly, man does not have to end that way. We're still on this side of eternity. And the invitation to receive the eternal life of Christ is still open. Here are the Renewal Singers inviting us to come and see. Come and see the glory of the Lord. Come behold the Lamb. Come and know the mercy of the King. Bowing down before
What's New is a radio production of Creative Encounters. Her mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.